Hello and welcome to the New York Farm Bureau's Weekly News Bite, bringing you the latest news from the New York State agriculture world. Welcome to New York Farm Bureau's News Bites. I'm Steve Ammerman, Director of Communications for New York Farm Bureau. This week, the New York Farm Bureau Board of Directors is in Long Island as part of their summer tour. They're visiting a number of diverse farms, including fruit and vegetable farms that are both organic and conventional. They will see how growing sod is a major part of farming on the island, along with nursery and greenhouse operations, aquaculture, winemaking, and so much more. And Long Island is a special place. There are about 500 farms on the island, predominantly on the east end, covering 30,000 acres. According to the 2017 Agriculture Census, the market value of crops on Long Island is more than $225 million, making the area one of the major productive areas in New York State. The farms are also in a highly developed area that's getting more crowded every year, which means growing customer base, but also development pressure for the farmers. News Bites wants to give you a taste of agriculture on the island. Today, we begin our conversation with Long Island Farm Bureau Administrative Director Rob Carpenter, asking him what makes agriculture there so special. I think Long Island agriculture is one of the most unique in New York State. Many people think of Long Island as being New York City all the way out to Montauk Point. However, what they don't understand is on the eastern third of Long Island, we grow pretty much everything that there is to grow here, with the exception of probably citrus. We have evolved from a agricultural system that was mostly wholesale, where the farmers would grow the product and ship it off to a distributor or Hunts Point market. But as time went by and land values increased and regulatory pressures became more and more prevalent, the market shift to the consumer, whereby the consumer is the one that is buying most of the products, whether it's through retail farm stands or local grocery stores, that has allowed the farmers to transition into growing higher value specialty crops, the unique things, and has allowed for them to get a better price for their product rather than a wholesale price where they're sending it off to market. I would say it's more of the economics of the situation, whereby the pressures of people relocating from an urban center out to a suburban area cause the farms to continue to move from Queens to Nassau to Western Suffolk out here to the East End. And now instead of a farmer having another farmer for a neighbor, now they have 20 houses and 20 neighbors that they have to deal with. So it's a shift that was caused by more consumers being centralized to the farm operation rather than the other way around. Many of the people, when they move out here, love the farms, they love the scenery. However, when you talk about farmers creating noise and dust and other types of issues, they generally complain. However, I would say that the majority of people, when they move out next to farms, understand what they're getting into and support the farmers tremendously. Once they've been here and lived here for a while and understand that the farmer is 
growing our food and creating environmental benefits for them, keeping the land open from development. They really have grown to appreciate agriculture more and more. Hence, they're willing to pay a little bit of a higher price for locally grown fruits and vegetables and flowers and other things that we grow, rather than arguing about a nickel here or there. The first vines were planted, I believe, in 1973 by Alex and Louisa Hargrave, who were looking for a place that was unique to grow certain varieties of grapes. Unbeknownst to them at the time and through all of their hard work, it really has spawned a unique industry here. Our wines are mostly premium wines that are of a varietal type of grape rather than sweet wines from grape juice. Totally different in the way that they're marketed, totally different from most other regions. And it's really become a bona fide type of agriculture here with about 3,000 acres of wine grapes planted. Another thriving part of Long Island agriculture is aquaculture. Long Island, of course, famous for its oysters, but aquaculture is more than that. Once again, here's Rob. Going back, I would say 125 years, there actually was a very active shellfish component of the bays, meaning oysters. After a while, that died out. And some new programs that the county initiated has actually brought back working aquaculture to our region, again, specifically oysters. The growing industry is going to allow for a few things. Number one, it is a new source of protein that most people enjoy but don't think of as a protein, as a meat. The other thing is oysters filter about 50 gallons a day of water. And they filter out things like nitrogen, algae in the water, all kinds of things that might be detrimental to our water quality. So not only are the oyster farmers doing the good work of feeding us, they're also cleaning the bays from human issues that get into the waters through increased population out here. So it's a win-win, both growing food and environmentally, what the farmers are doing. One other component which we're looking at is the possibility of growing sugar kelp in our water. Sugar kelp is a marine plant that also takes in nitrogen while it's growing. Again, an environmental benefit while growing a food crop. One of the things that we're studying is how sugar kelp could be used as a fertilizer for our local farmers. So while it's removing the nitrogen from the bays, there's possible use on land to reuse that nitrogen locally, completing the loop, if you will, and putting that on our other types of plant material and edible food. So I would say it's a win-win and something we're really excited about for the future. And there's one thing that really stands out for Long Island agriculture. It may not be what they grow, but where they grow. We also want to get the perspective of what it takes to actually farm on the area from a farmer. So meet Lori McBride. She's the farm stand manager at Wickham's Fruit Farm on the east end of Long Island. 
I, on a daily basis, am in charge of the retail sales, the wholesale accounts, as well as our on-site bakery. At Wickham's, we grow probably 25 different crops on-site. They are all hand-operated, hand-picked crops that are very labor-intensive. Our primary catch for customers is U-Pick. So we will start offering our U-Pick strawberries in June, and we'll go straight through U-Pick season in October with customers. And we are very much in a vacation kind of place. So we have a lot of weekend customers that come in. So every week they're expecting a little bit different product. So we need to grow so many different crops to keep the customer interested, keep them coming back again and again, year after year. With our apple picking, we've had one family that has now been doing this for 20 years with us. So they come, they actually have a big family reunion now. We take them out on a wagon. They do their photo shoot in the orchard with about 50 to 60 family members. And it's becoming a family tradition, but we do need the variety of crops. We also tend to be a very unique farm and we are reselling 95% of the product that we're actually growing on site. We're only buying in supplements such as cheeses since we don't have any cows or goats on our property, but they accompaniment and they complement all of our fruit that we're doing. So in order for us to have a really good display at the stand, we need to have diversity in product availability. And Lori says the connection she has with her customers can help them better understand where their food comes from and what it truly means to buy local. I am a fourth generation Long Island potato farmer. So I come from a farming background on it and I enjoy the land. I really enjoy educating customers to this is what products you can actually grow on Long Island. Lemon and limes, not yet. Maybe in 20, 30 years with climate change, it will become a normal crop that we can produce. But right now, we really need to educate that strawberries are seasonally available. June is strawberry season. Yes, you can go into a grocery store any day of the year and find strawberries and blueberries and raspberries, but their fresh counterparts have certain seasons of availability. So educating the consumers on that is really important goal for us here at Wickham's, which is why we're not carrying out-of-season products. If we're growing it and it's ready to be picked, we're essentially giving it to our customers in a timely manner. And it also really does affect the quality of the fruit. There is a really big taste difference. Berries themselves are not always super, super sweet. They have an acidity level to it that you don't get in a grocery store. We're doing the hothouse tomatoes and hothouse tomatoes get a very, very bad rap in the grocery store because they're kind of like colored cardboard sometimes. We're growing field grown under glass greenhouse tomatoes, and they have that traditional tomato flavor that you're looking for. And just educating people that it's picked every morning from the field at seven o'clock. Our farm stand doors open at nine o'clock. What you're getting on our farm stand was picked that day. So we're really trying to make people aware of this is what we're producing here. This is what's available. And there is a difference in quality to the produce. Growing produce on Long Island is very different because we're growing within communities. Our farm itself buffers several different neighborhoods. So they become a part of our farm. A lot of the teenager kids that work there are working here during the season. Most of my high school kids live here full time. They're all graduating high school this year. They're really part of the community. But for us, it is environmental sensitivity. 
we have an aquifer that we are very conscious about products that we're using, the amount of fertilizers that we're using. We're also very conscious about spraying around neighborhoods. We kind of shift our spray times and our activity times to coincide with when people aren't outside in their backyard. Also on Long Island, people, they have a really big U-Pick market is one of our big things. So people are looking for activities, things to do. Yes, they'll go to the beaches, they'll have fun, but they kind of come here, they pick some fruit, they'll take it with them as well. And word of mouth, it really does spread the U-Pick business. But farming on Long Island is really, it's a community-based farming. Most of our customers know our farmers. They know me by name. We're out in the community. We're essentially selling them a really quality produce because they are part of our larger family of essentially the community. We try and educate people about what we do. We call ourselves a sustainable farm. So we are using chemicals and fertilizer products that are not deemed organic. We do integrate organic practices into our farm and we do like to educate our customers about it. They are very curious. We are using a lot of Omni-approved products, especially with our tree fruit and insect control. And we're promoting that to our customers. We have customers that come in with tree issues. I have an apple tree in my backyard. What are all these spots on the apples? So we're kind of a little liaison to help them with their own ag endeavors in their own backyard. One of the biggest challenges for Wickham's, like any small business, is labor. Lori describes how that impacts what they do. Right now, the biggest issue that I see is our labor. On the field aspect, we participate in the H-2A program. So we have a fantastic work crew that comes in just for field labor. Getting the part-time seasonal work for the farm stand, that is, is a huge challenge right now. The pandemic hit us hard because we all work through it. We all put in 60-hour weeks, which is normal, during uncertain times. And that did burn a lot of people out. A lot of people left the workforce entirely, and now we're having the younger generation of high school kids coming into the workforce, not having been exposed to any working experiences for the last couple of years with the pandemic. It's a different aspect, but that has been my greatest challenge is staffing at the moment and getting enough staff. And yeah, it's, it, it's a definite challenge. Despite the challenges and hard work of helping to run a farm, Lori can't see being anywhere else than doing what she's doing on Long Island. I'm 70 hours a week. I'm just, I'm in it. Yeah. It's, I call agriculture, it's, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle. It really is. It's a way of living and you have to really enjoy what you do to keep doing it every day. You kind of get an enrichment. I mean, I, I love doing the nature. I love doing this. I actually went to college and I'm a high school math teacher by training. So I, that's where my education component is. But I have so much more mental peace working on the land and tilling and harvesting a crop. And it's it's a different kind of gratification when you know you can produce, you can feed yourself, you can feed the community. You're also able to sustain the lives of your 30 plus employees by doing it. There is there's so much overflow for ag and it's not just working the land and producing food. It's, it's a greater sense of you're feeding your community, you're feeding your family, you're feeding your employees' families, you're just keeping everything going. Long Island is a special place for New York agriculture. And next week, we will explore how farms on the island handle impacts of climate change and how science is playing an important role now and will do so in the future. Thanks for listening to News Bites. We will catch you next week. And until then, remember to always thank a farmer for all that they do.